0: Zero thirty five, you motherfucking bitch ass bitch. Please play some good music.
1: You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn.
2: Good morning. Good morning. You are listening to What Would Kay Say? here on Radio Free Brooklyn, and I am your host, Kay Edwards. How is everyone doing today? How are my blessed and highly favored people doing? It's another glorious day that the Lord has made, and we have all been blessed to see another month. Praise God. I say blessed Because I know some people that did not make it into this month. They made it into this year. They made it through January. Partially through February. But they didn't make it to March. So we should all be grateful for the blessings that are in our lives, right? Excuse me. And it's, it's. Women's History Month. Happy Women's History Month. Yay! To all the women, mothers, aunties, sisters, daughters, grandmothers, all the women everywhere. Celebrate yourself because it's our month. Well, every month is our month, but they gave us a particular month, so we're going to really celebrate it this month. And speaking of women... I have an announcement to make for those of you who don't follow me on Instagram, which you should WWK say today. Yes, I'm going to get better at posting things. Yes, but you should still follow me because you never know when I might post that little gem that you need to see, right? I have an announcement to make. I was informed that the book, she writes for him, Black Voices of Wisdom. You know that book that I was a part of? I wrote a chapter in there. We've been nominated for a CELA Award. Now, the award, the CELA Award is given out annually at the Bru- Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writing Conference. And that is where they award all, they go over all the Christian publications. They have them in different genres. And they award the most outstanding book for that particular genre genre for that year. And I'm proud to announce that our book was nominated. We're a finalist. So if we get the award, your girl here, through the blessings of God, will be an award-winning author. Right? Isn't that something? Isn't it something? Now, let me say this. I have been writing forever. Uh, writing, I've always loved to write. My mother would always say, every time I would always, and I was always practicing my signature. From the time I could learn script, I was always practicing my signature. Probably preparation, right? He gets us ready for everything. And... When I was tapped to write this chapter for this book, I wasn't – think I didn't even know this whole thing existed. I had – um, I told this story once before, but for those of you who are new to it, I was tapped by a woman that I went to a speaking conference with. And she said, hey, they're looking for authors to write for this book. I think you would be good. Contact this woman and, you know, talk to her and see if it's something that you want to be a part of. So I contacted her and she said yes. And she said, well, send me something that you have, you know, anything. Just send me anything that you have. They didn't tell me exactly what the genre was, but they just said send me anything that you have. And I had a piece that I hadn't finished, but it was just something that I had put together. So I had to add more to it because they needed to have the story to be longer. And long story short, when I sent it to her, she was like this is excellent, this is exactly what we need. She took it. We did revisions, edited, you know, editing the writing. They took it. It went into the book. I was like, wow, this is great. I'm going to be published. When I actually saw the book, I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm actually published. And then for it to do all this and to have touched so many so many people's lives, it's just a blessing. It's a blessing. And I just want to say, when God has you to do something and he puts that anointing on your life and you finally do surrender, because of course, I've told you that story about myself before also, how I keep, i for the longest he was chasing me and I was like, "Mm -mm, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, until one day I just said, yes, I'll do it. And then this year again, I said, okay, God, now I'm totally surrendered to you. Whatever it is that you have me to do, I will do. And he just, he's been ordering my steps. He's just been ordering all my steps. But even in my running, he was still ordering the steps. So it was just a little detour that I took. And I just want some of you to remember that. You know your journey. You know what you're supposed to be doing. You know your purpose. And yes, you may get detoured along the way for for something that you're controlling or can be beyond your control. Either way, when you finally do stop running and surrender, he's going to use you. And everything that he has that he put in you that needs to come out, trust and believe it's going to come out. So that was my little contribution to... Women's Month, Women's History Month, I just figured I'd put that little tidbit in. I'm doing my part, right? And apart from being women, we all need to celebrate ourselves every once in a while, especially when we have come through a difficult time in our life. Not only thinking about the pandemic or now what they're calling it an endemic, and an endemic is when... A certain region has it, but it's like under control. So if like New York City, we can be considered in an endemic because they're lifting the mask mandates on, on a lot of our, a lot of things that was going on here. Like I think next week or week after they're lifting it that we don't have to wear mask in, in indoor dining or sports arenas or gyms. Or I really, I believe even the schools are going to be um, taking off their mask. So now we're in an endemic. And as I was saying, what was I saying? Oh, yes. Not only thinking about that, not only just thinking about the endemic, but just when you're in that dark place in your life, when circumstances have you walking in that valley experience, you know, your own little private wilderness, what do you do? And what does that all mean to you in your life? But we're going to talk about that today because today's topic is the wilderness experience. And now when I say wilderness or when you hear the word wilderness, what comes to mind? When we think about the wilderness, we think of it as being an isolated, dreary, barren place, right? Land that's perhaps only a cactus would be able to survive in. That's when I think of wilderness, I'm like someplace that's dark and, you know, you don't know any way out. Or you're just stuck somewhere and it's, you just feel like you're going around in a circle, in a circle, in a circle, like you're abandoned, like it's a dust bowl. Oxford defines the wilderness as an uncultivated, uninhabited, and inhospitable region a region that's neglected or abandoned, right? So yes, that's what we think about when we think of wilderness. And all these descriptions paint an accurate picture of the way that we feel when we're having that wilderness experience. Now, I use the word experience because being in the wilderness doesn't last forever. And it's always an experience. It's always something that we can learn from it. And it doesn't necessarily mean when you're in the wilderness, that you've done something wrong. When you're in the wilderness, there's always something that God wants you to take away from being there. And I'm making this noise, it keeps clacking, it's my glasses, they keep closing on me. And that's another story, we won't get into that because the devil's trying to distract me from saying what I have to say today and it's not going to work in Jesus' name. Now, where was I? Yes. God want, there's always something that God wants you to take out of being in the wilderness. The wilderness experience, if you think about it, think about the times when you've been in the wilderness or felt like you've been in a wilderness experience or in a valley, however you want to name it for yourself or in a dark place. It always occurs after something triumphant happens. Isn't that something? You would think that the the natural progression would be to continue to ride that wave. As soon as something good happens, you're just going to continue to have something good happen and something good happen and something good happen. But not so. Not so. You would think that, okay, I did something right. So now the next thing that I go to do should turn out right. But not necessarily so. It's like if you were to think about it, if you were to be a surfer, and you you in a, you know how surfers are—they're on their stomachs and they're paddling, they're paddling, they're paddling—and then when they get that rip, that wave, they're riding high, and it's like so good. And then here comes another wave, and it just wipes them out. So what do you do? Do you just pick up your board and say, oh, I'm going to the shore and then that's it? Is that what you do? So what should we do? Should we continue to paddle till we get to the next wave? But sometimes paddling like that, you just get so tired because you feel you just keep paddling and paddling and you're not getting anywhere, right? Now, this is what I've learned from my wilderness experiences, and I've learned that. And I know some of you have probably heard me say in previous shows, like even in the last from last year, the last shows, even to the beginning of this year in the shows that I felt that there was I felt there was a change coming about. There was a change coming about in me. And what I notice is that when I get into that wilderness experience, it's about growth in my journey. And I know I had told you guys this from before because I felt it. I felt that something was going to happen, that something was changing. And when you think about it, if you think about times in your life when you've had those experiences, it was always a growth period for you. So let's look at some wilderness experiences from the word where we can also see that it was also a growth pattern for those people as well. And I want to start out with Hagar and Ishmael in Genesis 16, 7 to 12. And as usual, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted, will not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child and you shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. Now, I want to tell you something. If you take what I read from those scriptures and if you want the full story, you can read it in Genesis. When you take what I said from those scriptures. When you get. When you start to go into your wilderness, in order to get to the other side, in order to receive what God has for you on the other side of that wilderness, you might have to go back. You might have to go back and endure what was happening, believing that God is who he is. And let's say you might have to recognize that you did something wrong before you get to the other side now the the angel told hagar to go back and obey so that would mean that what she was doing before she left she wasn't obeying what she should have been doing and if every i didn't go into the whole beginning of why she left You can read that in Genesis, but if you know the story of Hagar, Sarai, and Abraham, God told Abraham he was going to have a son. Sarai didn't want to wait for the promise to come because she thought they were too old. So she gave her husband her handmaiden to sleep with and have a baby because she figured the baby was going to come from the handmaiden. Lo and behold, of course, as women, we know another woman sleeping with our man you now having a baby for him. That ain't going to sit right. And you living in my house with me. You my handmaiden. Now you pregnant. I can't get pregnant. I'm thinking I'm an old woman. Yeah, I'm not going to like you. You not going to like me because you're going to think it's on and popping for you because you having my husband's baby. No. So there was friction between the two. So that's why Hagar left. But you see what God told her when he found her in the, the angel found her in the wilderness. He's like, where are you going? And where'd you come from? And where are you going? Like, Okay, you left, but where do you think you're going? You got to live in this. This is is the bed you made. But I'm going to tell you that because this is the bed that you made, I'm still going to bless you. You're still going to be blessed and your son's going to be blessed. But for you to receive that blessing, he didn't say it, but he told her, you need to go back. You need to go back and you need to obey. Meaning, yeah, you were the one that the husband slept with. Yes, you're having this baby. No, it's not the baby of promise. And no, you're not going to go back there and disrespect the woman at the house. Handle it. And sometimes when we're in the wilderness, if we've done something that pushes us into the wilderness, we have to handle it. You got to walk through whatever it is that pushed you there. You got to walk through it. You have to walk through it. That's how you're going to get to the other side. And now when you think about it, how many of us stay in the wilderness longer than we're supposed to because we refuse to obey? Let's look at the Israelites. After they had the miraculous exodus from Egypt, Exodus 13, 17, 18, then it came to pass after Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, least perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. Now, see, God led them that way because he wanted to remove all of the remnants of Egypt that had been still in their system. The older ones had so much Egypt embedded into their psyche that he had to let an entire, he had to let that whole generation die before he would allow the rest to move into the promised land that he had said that he had sitting for them. And they wandered around in that space for 40 years because of their rebellion. They were murmuring. They were complaining. They wanted food. He gave them manna in the morning. And quit when they said, oh, all we keep getting to eating is bread, 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 he gave them quail. So then they had meat. He kept telling them, don't save it. I'm going to give you more for the next day. The ones that was hoarding it, of course, it would get rotten and moldy and stinking. Because they weren't listening. Then they were complaining that, the, oh, there's no water. So he told, he told Moses to hit the rock to give him water. The people were just complaining left and right. Not, not being grateful. Not being grateful for the fact of, oh, we're not slaves anymore. We're out of Egypt. Okay. We might have to stay here for a minute until he takes us where he said he's going to take us. Cause he had already told them where he was taking them. But they wanted it like right away. It's like, okay, look, we need it now. But he saw their attitudes. And with that attitude, he was not going to give them what he had promised them with those who had that attitude. So sometimes when we're in the wilderness, another thing to remember is your attitude while you're going through it. Are you going to be fussing and complaining and carrying on all the time? He doesn't like that. And he's like, why should I give you anything if this is the way you're going to have, if this is the way you're going to If this is the way you're going to respond, why should I give you anything? Why should I do anything? You should just sit there until you learn, until you learn how to appreciate. Then here we go. Now, they wandered around in that wilderness for 40 years, 40 years, something that could have taken them a day or two, maybe three, because he had already taken them through the Red Sea. He had already killed off all the Egyptians that was chasing them. They made themselves stay there 40 years. Now we're going to look at the prophet Elijah. He ran into the wilderness trying to escape from Jezebel because she put a price on his head because he had killed all her prophets. So now when you think about it, how many how many times have you done the right thing, been doing what you're supposed to do for God, was following his footsteps, following the orders, and you still end up in the wilderness? Think about it. But here it is, Elijah, he had to run from the consequences of his actions because he started second-guessing himself. Have you sometimes done things that you you know that God would be pleased that you did it and you know you're doing it in the name of the Lord, but then after you do it and then when you see the repercussions that come from it, it makes you second-guess if you should have done it or not? And here it is, Elijah, he walked into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. First Kings 19, to 4. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and also how he had executed all the prophets with a sword. And Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to you let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he rose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, "Is it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. Now, does this sound familiar? You do something that you feel you've done right in the Lord. You're getting all these repercussions on you. Then you're sitting there like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this anymore. The pressure, the pressure, just kill me already. I need to be taken out of this misery. Don't we think of that sometimes? Like, God, just, okay, then fine, just whatever. Just take me out of this misery. I don't want to deal with it anymore. But if you remember, when God is on your side, you can withstand anything. And it's in the wilderness that God will speak to you, giving you clear directions on how he wants you to proceed. And if you follow, you'll be victorious. Because when Elijah went into the wilderness, he was running to that cave the angel told him that the Lord was going to speak to him. Thunder came. No God. He had an earthquake. No God. The wind was blowing. No God. It wasn't until after all those things that God whispered to him what he should do next. So a lot of times, When we're in the wilderness and we're expecting God to give us this whole big miraculous answer like, oh, the sky is falling or the sky cracks or whatever. No, sometimes it's just in your sitting still and still believing who God is in your life that he will whisper in your ear and tell you what you need to do while you're there. But if you're making noise, if you're complaining and murmuring and fussing, You can't hear him because all the noise that you're making, besides the noise that's on the outside that's automatically there to distract you, you won't be able to hear him. So in the wilderness, also know that, yes, he's still speaking with you because he's still there with you at all times. But now he is the best example of a wilderness experience that we have to follow. And that's from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now he too went willingly, willingly into the wilderness, not because he had done anything wrong, because we know he, he could never do anything wrong. He did it because he wanted to teach us a valuable lesson. He went to show us that whenever we find ourselves in a wilderness experience, that we can prevail if we live by his example. Three times the devil tempted him. Three times he denied him and rebuked him with the word of the Lord. So if we need to think about anything, we can resist temptation, which temptation is what really, when it, when we're in the wilderness, we'll get tempted because we want to shortcut the experience. So we'll get tempted by Things that will make us say, oh, well, we can do it this way and it'll make it better and we try to get out of it. Or we'll go by somebody else giving us advice and we'll follow them, which usually leads us into a greater mess. But if you think about it, in all three of these instances that I just talked about, all of them occurred with the number 40 around them. It was either a 40-day period or 40-year period. Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days. Elijah walked for 40 days, the Israelites 40 years. Not to say that it's going to take you a 40, whatever your 40 is, time period that you're going to have to go through. You never know. It could be that. It could be less. It could be more because we know time is like a blink of an eye for the Lord, right? But. And it's not to say that the whole time that you're in this wilderness that you're going to be miserable, but there is a time period that you have to wait in order to get your answer. That's the point I want to stress to you. You will have to wait to get your answer. If you seek, if you listen, and if you obey, listen to God. When you're making that journey, be it short or long, depending on what he wants you to receive from it. That's how you get through the wilderness experience. And the conclusion to all that is Jesus taught us to obey God only. And if we follow his word, if we believe on what he says, we will always get to the other side, greater And triumphant. That's something to think about. That's something to think about when you're dealing with that wilderness experience. And with that, we're going to take a music break. You are listening to what would Kay say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like.
3: I love
0: you, I forever, ever speak any way And turn the heart that's when I will end on you
4: When your prayer's sent into the heavens
0: Where time no longer
4: matters But it's only a matter of time Before the good Sends a blessing back on oh Praise him, they say And wait on him each day He hears our words, isn't taking lightly The matters of all his people But isn't that something Just wait for it, wait for it. Yes, all you need to do, all you gotta do is wait for it, wait for it. Make your way to the altar where change is waiting patiently for you. If you don't have don't you worry, no, no. He hears your heart's cry tonight. Oh, doesn't need your pretense. doesn't need your secrets. He just needs permission, permission to enter in. Oh, don't pretend? doesn't need your, your secrets. Oh, he just needs permission. oh, oh, oh,
1: Questioned in my mind if where I am right now is where I'll be for life, so I tell myself, ooh, in spite of how I feel, I'll keep moving forward until my destiny is fulfilled.
3: Inside the desert, vultures circling my head. But thanks to God now, I made it out of there. I was just another sheep inside the belly of the beast. But thanks to God now, I made it out of there. <laughs> heaven is upon, you. Yeah, yeah, this ain't lottery now, this is 40 days and 40 nights, see God you shall find, I say more muscle to your soul. more butter to your bubble, more blessing to the talika, may God give you all about it, more to your soul. more butter to your bubble. All blessings to the God May God give you a I was lost inside the desert Vultures circling around my head But thanks to God now I made it out of there I was just another sheep Inside the valley of the beast But thanks to God now I made it out of there <laughs> Cheia, cheia, see. outside and the night has turned to day. I see now. I used to be lost and God showed me the way. I see, I see now. Me. All I see is blessings every time I look I see I now. I see barely oh. barely. I was lost inside the desert, folks. you circling around my head, but thanks to God now, I made it out of there. I was just another sheep inside the valley of the beast, but thanks to God now I made it out of there.
2: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would K Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. I have to take a deep breath before I go into this Op-Ed. I have to really take a deep breath because what I'm about to address disturbs my spirit. A lot. A lot. It disturbs my spirit. And I guess when I tell the story, some people may say, "Ah, oh, well, why is it disturbing your spirit? You know how people are. Yeah, I do. I do know how people are. I really do know how people are. But, but let me tell the story first before I go into the but I've been looking at some videos. I've been reading some stories. New York Times is running. New York Times is running stories. Videos are coming out of the Ukraine. How Africans are being mistreated. So you know where I'm going. How Africans are being mistreated by the Ukrainian government and other neighboring countries that are taking in refugees while they're trying to escape the country to safety. Now, I understand women and children need to leave first. You know, they should board first. So we should be women and children. But when you see a black woman being pushed off of a train, that's disturbing, that's disturbing. And now don't get me wrong, I always, you know me, I'm with the coin. I'm with that coin. I'm always going to give you both sides, both sides of the story. But the one side I'm staying it right now is the way they're being treated like less than. And we've seen this happen before in other countries when it's come to a state of say, emergency or urgency or just uncertainty, we saw it happen in China. When the pandemic first started, we saw how the Africans there were being mistreated, being kicked out of their living facilities, being denied to eat in restaurants or receive food from restaurants because they were the ones looked at as spreading the virus around. Now we see this in the Ukraine. And I was all for let's pray for Ukraine. And I'm still for pray. I'm still for pray because it's not just, now here's the flip side. It's not just the prayer for the Ukraine that I'm putting out there. I'm putting out the prayer for everyone that's being oppressed, Okay? Everyone wants to just look at it as, oh, look what Russia's doing to the Ukraine. Look what Russia's doing to the Ukraine. And yes, what Russia is doing to the Ukraine is atrocious. Yes, they should not be just killing people just for the sake of killing them. But if we as Christians, and I believe a lot of them are, if we as Christians don't stand together and just view one another as human being to human being, whether it be in the midst of a crisis or in a grocery store. And when I say that I'm talking about here in America, you're telling me that even in the midst of your turmoil, you have the energy to express racism? I just want you to think about that. Here it is, you're fleeing for your life, yes. People, all people are fleeing for their lives, yes. But even in the midst of you fleeing for your life, you're going to be racist towards someone. That needs to be checked. That part right there needs to be checked. And like I said, we saw this, we saw this take place in China as well how the people were being mistreated when they needed places to go, places to stay, how they were being turned away. And I'm not saying that the Ukraine is not a victim. But if we're Christians, and as I've witnessed, we have all these Ukrainian choirs praying and singing and everyone's praying and singing and Where's the humanity in that? Where's the humanity in, okay, yeah, these are people that need to get out as well. And it's not even their country. They were there as students perhaps or doing whatever they were doing in the country. But they still need to get out. They want to go home too. They want to go home. So I'm actually directing this to everyone that's claiming to be a Christian Let's not be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that Jesus was constantly calling out for their hypocrisy. Saying that they were following the scriptures, but yet doing everything under the sun opposite of it. And forgetting the one little thing, which is came straight from what God told us to do. Love God first, and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. And let's just keep this. Let's just keep this in mind. There's going to be there's always going to be distractions and violence in the world. Always going forward. It's just going to be a continuous thing. But if we the people that call ourselves by his name refuse to accept that we are all entitled to be treated with respect, regardless of the color of a person's skin, then there's going to be a problem. Because then not only are we fighting the outside world, but then we're fighting ourselves. And what better way to conquer than to divide? So, I say this all to say, That it wasn't by chance that when we started out this year and the way God ended last year, the way he was building every step that we were taking in every lesson that he gave us. And it's not by chance that last month he gave us all those lessons in love and how to treat one another. He saw this coming. This doesn't take God by chance. He's not sitting back like, Oh wow, Putin really did go in there. I didn't think he was going to do it. God is not looking at it like that. We're looking at it like that. We're looking at it like, Oh yeah, he had those tanks out there, but he's not going to really do that to the people. God is like, I already noticed. I noticed from, to, from the beginning to the end, but here we go in the middle in that wilderness portion. What are we doing? What are we doing in this, in this wilderness that we are moving through? To get to the good side, what are we doing? How are we responding to each other? So, we know, if you think about it, God created us all differently. It wasn't by accident that we were all created differently, it was for a purpose. It was so that all of us who call ourselves by his name, when we're living here on earth, life on earth is unbearable and oppressive because of the enemy. And we're all oppressed in one form or another. So God knew that this was going to happen. He knew that this was going to take place here on earth. But he also knew that the hearts of men was going to grow increasingly evil over time as well. And as Christians, we were supposed to depend on one another to survive this. Because if you remember, we're not from here. We're just living here. But our world is with God in heaven. So... If we are here and we have to deal with all this oppression and we're here together and we're both supposedly air quotes serving the same God, then we should be looking out for one another while we're here. Because it's not flesh and blood that we're wrestling against. It's principalities and wickedness in high places. See, it goes back to when he was talking to us about the spiritual warfare it's all still happening. And unless we recognize that's what it is, we're going to continue to fight one another when we shouldn't. So now I know you're asking yourself, well, Kay, what do you want me to do with this information? What do you want me to do with it? Me, myself, I'm going to tell you, I was offended. And the reason why I was offended, because not that I'm there, but when I see people that look like me getting treated a certain way, I could have just as easily been there because it could be me. So, yes, I get easily offended when I see that. But. I then turn to God and say, OK, God, the same way you're asking me, Kay, what do you want me to do with this information? I look to God and I said, God, OK, what do you want me to do with this information? Because, you know, you giving me this information. It's going to make me wanna. And you know what his response was to me? 70 times 7K, 70 times 7. And that ends op-ed. The word of the month. We have a new word for this month because it's a new month. We're in the month of March. The word of the month is acuity. And acuity means sharpness or keenness of thought, vision, or hearing. Now, I want us to put that word into action because in order for us to move forward in life with acuity, we have to recall our past with honesty. Our promise for the week, our promise for the week is, what did I even have for the promise of the week? I did have something here for the promise of the week, but do I want that to be the promise? Let's see. Oh, yes, this promise came from Psalms. I just didn't write it down. But it's, but do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. And that comes from, I'm going to tell you right now so that you'll have it. And I don't know why I didn't write it down. I don't know. I had a lot on my mind. But uh, I know it's a psalm. I don't think it's. I think it's psalm. Is it psalm. I'm not sure if it was 1017. I'm not sure. Which one it was um, Let me see I'm not sure which one it was It might have been Hebrews You know what, I'd be all over the place with my I'd be all over the place with my With my promises That I really need to write them down when I Do it Ah, it wasn't Psalm, I had one for Psalms But I didn't do it it's, This one is Hebrews It's Hebrews thirteen sixteen. So yes do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well-pleased. And with that, I'm going to say have a blessed week. Happy International Women's Day on March 8th. Be safe. COVID is still out there. Although the mass mandates are being lifted, be careful when you're out there. Take care of yourself. Wash your hands. Social distance. And until God brings us together again next week. Peace.
4: I'm up first when I wake up in the morning In me, I'm a shocker In my I'm sorry, I'm Rest of the body, I'm a little oti ja fu me jiki jiki ma she My dad
3: tell me I know F.S. Yes, plane Make me feel some type of way This guy tell me I no F.S. Yes, plane Never felt this type of way Oh, I yeah, make you see us blessings In my yo. Goodness of God, they follow you Angels of God, they cover me All the day of my life. And well, okay. you're know. so blessed the papa, 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 of God to follow you. Follow. Your teachers of God to cover The Goodness of my life. Oh, oh. Yeah. He never fails. You know good, yeah. Oh God, no, they fail. You know they lie. Oh, no, no, no. no. at myself, that you know, say any man without Jesus Christ, a book with a shelf. Um, no matter what I face, no matter what I see, oh, this only thing I know, God never fail, no, he no be liar, he no be be no cure. Um, I look in the Bible, oh, he no get any time, God no save people from trouble, oh, oh, oh oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, so quick, as blessings, they papa, goodness of God, they oh, yeah, so follow me, angels of God, they cover oh, the days of my life. Oh, yeah, make you see as blessings, the papa, goodness of God, they follow me, angels of God, they cover me, all the days of my life, oh, yo, yo.